0: Hey, Hannah. Hey, Kate. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm
1: good, enjoying the fall weather. Houston fall, meaning in the afternoon, it only gets to like 92. (laughs) Look,
0: I did feel a slightly cooler breeze this morning. In the shade, it was definitely below 90. Mm, Yeah.
1: And I think I heard that in the coming weeks, It'll be a low of in the
0: 50s. Yes, I saw that on the little 10 day weather app as well. Uh, Lows in the 50s. I thought it would be weeks before we saw that. So,
1: well, I'm excited.
0: Me too. So, what do you have to drink today, Kate?
1: Today, I have a nice mid afternoon orange element, a little Ooh, pick me up.
0: That sounds so good. Very refreshing. Mm, yeah, it's nice. What about you? I am enjoying a nice post-workout
1: protein shake. Mm. Also very refreshing.
0: <laughs> sounds delicious. A little banana, a little protein powder. That's about it. Yum. <laughs> so good. All right, ready to get into it?
1: Let's get into it.
0: Howdy, Howdy from, from Houston. Houston.
1: I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we are going to talk about our favorite thing we learned from our most recent organ block, the respiratory system. So this is everything about breathing everything from all the way from your nose all the way down to your lungs into the tiny little chambers that exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide called alveoli so this unit was really interesting and we learned a lot of cool new things my favorite thing that we learned was about a system called the mucociliary escalator so This system is kind of like an escalator, hence the name, that brings mucus up and out of the lungs through your nose and mouth. So aptly named. Right, mucociliary escalator. The ciliary part of that name comes from the tiny little microscopic hairs that line your upper respiratory tract. So that's the big airways before you get into the more microscopic parts of the lungs. There's tiny little hairs called cilia that help move mucus up out of your airways. And what's really cool about this system is it's made to work against gravity. So a lot of systems in our body work with gravity. For example, our gastrointestinal system works with gravity. That's the system that digests and excretes food. So I thought it was really cool how our bodies were designed to specifically bring mucus up and out against gravity. Something else that's really cool about this system and really important about this system is that with the mucus, it brings up a lot of pathogens. So that's viruses, bacteria, and fungi. And we are exposed to a lot of pathogens over the course of the day. But with this system, we're able to trap them with the mucus and then the mucus comes up and out and hopefully we don't feel any or we feel very few of the effects of these pathogens.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting first line of defense that our body has before it has to activate any of the more chemical responses that our body has. So it's that first thing that the pathogens hit and your body's able to get it up and out without having to activate all of your white blood cells or other kind of immune response things.
1: Yeah, that's very
0: true. One thing that can actually damage the
1: system is smoking. So that is actually one reason, one of the many reasons why your doctor is going to advise against smoking is because smoking damages these little hairs and so they're not able to move the mucus up as effectively and so that's why someone with a history of smoking might get things like bronchitis or other lung diseases a little more often than someone who doesn't smoke or maybe a lot more often if you have an extensive smoking history. There are a couple other things that our body has to initially get these pathogens out of our respiratory system. One is the sneeze reflex. So if you inhale maybe like dust or pollen, your body will detect that in your nose and it'll trigger a sneeze reflex and immediately get that out of your respiratory system before even needing the mucociliary escalator. Another reflex is the cough reflex. That one is for pathogens that hit a little bit deeper. So more in the small airways, when you have pathogens down there, your body is going to want to cough to try to get that up. And then your mucociliary escalator works in tandem with that to try to get the mucus all the way up and out.
0: Fascinating stuff. I love, I really love that like first line of defense that our body has, like our skin and how the skin works to keep pathogens out. So, this is still more internal, but similar to the skin in the way that it is just that first line. Let's just like get it out. Let's just protect the body before things get worse.
1: Right. The mechanical barrier. Yeah. Physical barrier. Great stuff. Yeah. What about you, Hannah? What'd you find interesting?
0: i was really interested in the pharmacology side of this unit so every unit that we study we always learn about a lot of the drugs that are used to treat some of the more common and some of the less common diseases and pathology that we see so some of the some of the drugs that we talked about are drugs that we have known for most of our lives so things like benadryl or claritin or zyrtec so these drugs, they're all common allergy medications and they're called in this and they're in this category called antihistamines. So anti against histamine, so they're against histamines. So what is a histamine? A histamine is an organic compound that your body releases as part of an immune response. So when your body detects allergens like pollen or pet dander or dust or all those things that we've talked about, it will release histamine as part of this inflammatory response. So when histamine is released, it binds to histamine receptors. So this binding is what triggers a series of cellular responses, including increased permeability of blood vessels, uh, your... Your smooth muscle will contract in some areas. It will also activate nerve cells, a bunch of different things, but these responses are all responsible for the allergy symptoms that you tend to experience, such as itching, sneezing, runny nose, swelling, all of those kinds of things. So that's what happens when allergens come into your body. They release histamines. These histamines bind to histamine receptors and trigger the allergy response. So the way antihistamines work are they compete with histamine to bind to those histamine receptors. So by an antihistamine binding to the receptor instead of a histamine, it will block histamine from acting on the receptor, resulting in preventing those symptoms from happening. So that itching, the sneezing, the runny nose, all of that won't happen or it'll be reduced because more of the receptors are being filled with antihistamines. So like I mentioned, some of those common antihistamines that we know are Benadryl, Claritin, Zyrtec, those kinds of things. So one of the things about Benadryl that always happens to me is I always get drowsy whenever I take a Benadryl. I always feel like I need to take a nap, lay down. I can't take a Benadryl if I know I'm going to be driving somewhere because I'm just not going to make it. (laughs) I'm going to have to pull over. So the interesting thing about Benadryl and why it causes drowsiness is it is a lipid soluble medication. So what this means is it is able to cross what we know as the blood-brain barrier. So this barrier is what helps separate your central nervous system from the rest of your body. And so since Benadryl can, cross this barrier, it can have an effect on the nervous system. And one of those effects is making you drowsy and making you sleepy. So Benadryl is known as a first generation antihistamine, meaning it was one of the earliest developed medications. Now with time and dedicated scientists, we have now come out with second generation antihistamines and that would include medications like Claritin and Zyrtec. So those two medications, generically known as loratadine and cetirizine, in case you're ever looking to save a few bucks at the drugstore, <laughs> those medications are less lipid soluble, meaning it's a lot harder for them to cross that blood-brain barrier and affect the nervous system which means they are going to have way less of an effect of drowsiness. So that's why you'll see Claritin and Zyrtec having that advertisement of no drowsiness. You know, it'll, it'll have those same effects of Benadryl without making you sleepy. And I always thought that they added something else to it to make that happen. But it was really interesting to learn what the actual mechanism of action is behind these drugs and knowing why one makes you sleepy and why one doesn't.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting too, especially because I never really gave that much thought before. But those are drugs that I've used plenty of times, and I know a lot of people use, and are just very common and very helpful when you have a cold.
0: Very helpful. Seasonal allergies, allergic reaction, whatever it is, they're very, very helpful. I know I always keep some like in my car, in my backpack, like just in case. <laughs> Um, Another medication that I found to be really interesting was in the category of decongestants. So whenever I have a cold, I always get really congested. And I always thought just growing up that the reason why I was congested and couldn't blow my nose was because I was just really congested. Like I just had a lot of mucus in my nasal cavity. Like that's what I thought in my sinuses. But really, it's more about that tissue in your sinuses is swollen. So it's inflamed and it's blocking that airway from letting you blow that mucus out of your nose. So there's a medication that I used frequently <laughs> with colds called Sudafed or Pseudophedrin. Now, the way Sudafed works is it activates these receptors called alpha-1 adrenergic receptors. So these receptors, when they are activated, they constrict blood vessels so specifically the blood vessels that are in your nasal sinuses and what that does is it reduces the swelling so by constricting blood flow to the area the swelling goes down and then you're able to blow out the mucus and breathe (laughs) so Sudafed, great medication uh, as well as benadryl claritin zyrtec all those things that we learned about i just found it so interesting to learn about these medications that I have had in my emergency, you know, medical kit or whatever in the closet for as long as I can remember. You know, these are medications I've been taking forever. And it just kind of blew my mind that I never really knew how they worked. So this is just so exciting to see the stuff that is just sold over the counter that every other person out there uses. And we just know the mechanism of action.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. And something that I also thought was really interesting was how your was how everything in your nose like swells up, and that is what is causing the congestion. Because I similarly was always like, Why can't I blow all this stuff out of my nose? Well, you can't blow actual like tissue out of your nose, like mucosa, <laughs> right. nasal tissue. You can't <laughs> blow that out of your nose, you can only blow the mucus.
0: So that makes a lot more sense. It really does. Super interesting stuff. Overall, great block. I really enjoyed respiratory, but I'm excited to get started with our next unit, renal. Me too. Let's see what we learn there. I'm sure we'll learn lots. We'll check back in, in a few weeks to update you on what we've learned
1: there. Yeah, our renal faves. Until then, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at howdyfromhoustonpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear maybe about what you're learning, maybe some interesting things you've heard recently. Personal experiences
0: with the lungs. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If you'd like to share, we would love to hear. You can email us at howdyfromhoustonpodcast at gmail.com. The email will be in the show notes, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.